You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio Live. Uh, This is Father Randall Kiesel from the Church of St. Michael broadcasting live here in southern Minnesota. And thank you for staying with us here. We have our next guest coming up, Father Chris Alar, and he'll be with us here in a few moments. We just had another great interview with Sister Gianna Heinemann, who is a religious sister from the Carmelite Sisters of the Most Sacred Heart of Los Angeles. Again, if you're interested in obtaining the CD that the sisters there have put forth, I encourage you to do so. You can find it at www.sophiainstitute.com, and you can search for Adoration from Carmel. And uh, it'll be uh, subtitled Eucharistic Hymns from the Carmelite Sisters of the Most Sacred Heart of Los Angeles. And so uh, I encourage you to support the sisters. And then secondly, we had at the top of the show, Steve Ray, who will be with us for a fundraiser for Real Presence Radio. Uh, Steve will be joining us here in the Rochester area, Tuesday, December 6th, 2022. And he will be speaking at a banquet fundraiser at the Rochester International Event Center. And he's going to give a a great witness, uh, 40 minutes of his life story, his conversion, and the importance of Catholics to know Jesus. Jesus Christ, to love Jesus, and the certitude we have, and the knowledge and love of Christ in our Catholic faith. It's an inspiring thing. As if you didn't, if you missed that show at the top of this particular show this morning at nine o'clock, I encourage you to go back later, listen to the podcast. It was great to have him on here, Real Presence Radio, this morning. It'll be great to have him here in Rochester. So, all of our faithful here in this area who love the Catholic Radio, I encourage you to come support Real Presence Radio. It is a fundraiser event. Uh, you can go to realpresenceradio.com, the Real Presence website. Again. That's realpresenceradio.com to find how you can register for this event or sponsor a table. Uh, You can also call 877-795-0122 to sponsor a table. Or you can contact Jessica at the Real Presence Radio office, and that's Jessica, J-E-S-S-I-C-A, at realpresenceradio.com for her email address jessica at realpresenceradio.com so i encourage you to support real presence radio what a blessing that we have catholic radio on here in our local area and in all of our broadcasting area which is really an expansive area think about it go all the way from the duluth superior area and just north dakota south dakota into wyoming and coming across here southern minnesota uh, to northern iowa Uh, what a great uh, we asset we have a great way to evangelize and share our catholic faith Uh, as with all of these broadcasts you can go back to the website realpresenceradio.com to hear podcasts that will be uh, put up um, uh, later in the day here or perhaps tomorrow it might get put up as well but pretty soon after pretty soon after everything is completed it'll be put up and i think we have our next guest father chris alar father chris are you with us yes i am thank you Oh, great. Thanks for coming on. It's great to hear your voice again. And before we get going, Father Chris, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've been up to with the Marians of the Immaculate Conception and the Shrine of Divine Mercy? Uh, well, it's been a busy time. We just finished our, uh, uh, every six years, we do the provincial chapter meetings, and now as 
the provincial superior of the Marian Fathers' uh, time is even, uh, you know, uh, even less than what it was before. So praise be to God that that uh, he's given a lot of grace in the process. So we've been good, uh, busy, but good. Yeah. Very good. And I, uh, do you have any new responsibilities after this latest meeting? Well, uh, just uh, right now, trying to get all of the uh, Marians, like they always say, Father Dan Camber used to say, collecting Marians is like herding cats, trying to keep everybody, <laughs> <laughs> and trying to keep everybody together, uh, challenging, but uh, a lot of great, uh, a lot of great ministry work being done. Where our new EWTN show is reaching a hundred countries, four hundred wow. million households. Um, we're getting calls from all around the world. Uh, my latest is uh, letters from Iraq and Iceland. Um, wow. So we know we're we're reaching far and wide. Praise be to God. And I've never had gotten a letter from Iceland. And uh, these uh, Iraqi people who are writing me are one of the very very few true Christians in Iraq. And uh, God bless them for their courage um, for for maintaining their Christian faith. Amen. And if I might say just a little plug here, Father Chris, I know you may or may not know this, but we're having Father David Gunter here to my parishes, Church of mm-hmm. St. Michael Pine Island, Church of St. Paul in Zambroda. He's doing a bi-parish mission uh, the, the third full week of November. He'll be preaching at all the Masses uh, the weekend of November 13th and then giving talks on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday following. And anyone is welcome to come here to St. Michael, St. Paul for those talks. You can see uh, our bulletin or our uh, we'll have it up on the website soon, some more details. Uh, but uh, the Marians Immaculate Conception, Father Gunter, is in your religious order. We're blessed. To, we've had you here uh, times in the past and many other priests as well. We're blessed with your religious order influencing uh, us in our local area. No, we, yeah, we appreciate that area up there as well. God bless everybody. And so, Father Chris, though, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the communion of saints and Halloween. And, uh, yep. and it's something I know you've done some teachings on. And, yes. and uh, today is that big secular day of Halloween. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about what are, what are the roots of this day in history? What do you know about it? Well, it's funny because we're hearing a lot of uh, confusion. Should we celebrate it? Should we not celebrate it? I think before you can answer that question... You have to first understand the roots of it. You know, uh, tomorrow we know is the Holy Day of Obligation, All Saints Day. So whenever we have a big solemnity in the Church, we always celebrate the vigil, which is the night before. And so we are celebrating tonight. The true meaning of tonight isn't um, the devil or demons. It's the celebration of the vigil of a solemnity. And the date, November 1st, was not picked to coincide with some pagan holiday, it was because uh, 1,300 years ago, that's when the Church in Rome that was dedicated to uh, the prayers for the faithful departed um, was dedicated. And so November 1st became that day established by the Pope. Uh, You know, there's no evidence that uh, Pope Gregory III or Gregory IV were even aware of the Celtic, you know, the, the, there's a harvest festival uh, called Sowen um, that is celebrated, and a lot of people try to tie the pagan roots. Now, yes, there's been some pagan um, activities on this day, but let's not forget the true meaning. Uh, the true meaning is um, we're entering into a three-day period called All Hallows Tide, and this is um, it starts tonight on the vigil, then, of course, All Saints Day, tomorrow, and then All Souls Day, the second. And that's where Halloween gets its name. 
um, uh, hallowed uh, evening or Halloween, E apostrophe E N for abbreviation for evening. So um, Halloween is a hallowed evening or holy evening, and yes. so we're we're celebrating this hallow all hallow tide, <clears throat> which is a liturgical. It's a time in the liturgical year that's dedicated to remembering the dead. And so this is a, a Christian celebration that's 1,300 years old. And um, so we don't want to lose sight of that, because a lot of people are pointing that, you know, it's simply demonic. No, um, the occult has become active during this time, but this is truly a Catholic-rooted, in Catholic belief, um, you know. And, and real quickly, why? Because Christians believed... At certain times of the year, like Christmas, this is a time that the veil was separated um, between Earth as well as purgatory, heaven, and hell. And so uh, there became a, a lifted veil, and we could see the good souls, the holy souls, and the demons. And so it became really interesting how we needed to see the need for prayers, especially those in purgatory being purified and that's what November 2nd is, All Souls Day. But before that, we honor the saints who are canonized in heaven, the souls that are in heaven uh, with All Saints Day. So a very important three days uh, coming up. Yes, and it, and it seems to me to be marked by a, a kind of hope, uh, because we, we celebrate particular feast days of saints. And then here, though, we have All Saints uh, can you speak that a little bit? I mean, what? how should a Catholic go into thinking of tonight and then going into tomorrow's great feast of all saints? Yeah, and so each saint that is canonized already has their own day, even though you might not know it. You know, each day, if you look on the old church calendar, I mean, there's dozens of saints assigned yes. to each day because we have thousands of saints canonized in the church. So each saint already has its own day, like the big hitters in the first week of October. You have St. Therese on October 1st. You got St. Francis on October 4th. You got St. Faustina on October 5th. They each have their own day. However, what about those saints in heaven that weren't canonized? Like your mom or your dad or the holy person that you knew that has passed away. This is their day. This is yes. a day to recognize the other saints in heaven that have not been canonized, so we don't have a formal recognition. Um, let's suppose, you know, um, one of my good friends, Bob Brandt, who passed away, I believe he's in heaven, he's love of God, but he doesn't have a canonized day. So tomorrow is the day we honor in All Saints Day those non-all saints, but especially those who are not canonized. And so tonight's the vigil of that, and so we want to make sure that we recognize it for what it is in the proper way, not doing Ouija boards or seances, but perhaps honoring our faithful departed that we have hope are in heaven with God. So it's a special day. It is. And, and what would you say, maybe, maybe families will go out and trick-or-treat or do something like that. Do you have any encouragement or instructions or thoughts on that sure. practice? Yeah, first of all, be safe. <laughs> that's that's a, right. That's a big thing. Um, but, you know, a lot of people wrote to me because we had stated that, you know, uh, the Church does not condemn trick-or-treating. Uh, yes, it's best that our children might be dressing as saints or whatnot, but even, 
even things that are are of the world, you know, a policeman or a fireman, uh, there's nothing wrong with dressing up with that. However, the question becomes, what about the scary types of costumes, if you're getting into a ghost or something? And a lot of people said, Father uh, Gabriel Amorth, the uh, exorcist, said, do not celebrate Halloween. This is true. What he means is not getting into the occult practices. Exactly. But to, to, to be involved in it as a day of fun. And I'll tell you when we come back from the break, Father, uh, the tradition of costume parties and why we dress up. Um, it, it really does have a great tradition, but we have to keep it all in perspective. And maybe after the break, we can talk about that. That sounds great. You're listening to Father Randall Kazel broadcasting live the Church of St. Michael and Father Chris Aylard from the Marians Immaculate Conception. Stay with us. We'll be right back after the break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision specializes in pediatric eye care and vision therapy. We partner with a national infant eye exam program called Infant C, which provides eye exams for any baby under 12 months old. Many of the major childhood eye problems, such as lazy eyes, eye turns, and ocular diseases, can be detected in this early intervention exam. Infant C eye exams can be scheduled online at www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud supporter of babies everywhere and a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio Live. You're listening to Father Randall Kiesel broadcasting live from the Church of St. Michael in Pine Island, Minnesota. And what a great day our good Lord has given us. And we're blessed to have Father Chris Alar with us. Father Chris, thanks for being with us. Oh, no, great. Uh, it's an important topic, especially today, the one day of the year that causes, I think, more confusion than any other day of the whole year. <laughs> yes, I think you're right about that. Spiritual confusion, and and I think also there's a vacuum of, okay, what do we do? Uh, so we're Catholics. How do we live this day, mm-hmm. and especially this uh, afternoon on Halloween Day, Hall Hallows Eve, how do we live this in a Catholic way? Which is, I think, what most Catholics would really want to know, rather than what we, what do we not do, but what do we do then? So, right. and I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you pick right up with that because you're making points on costumes and what to do and how to go about a spiritual understanding of this time. Yeah, see, the the, the tradition um, that came about, in fact, trick or treating came from what used to be called souling. S-O-U-L, souling, okay. which was uh, the custom of sharing these, what was called soul cakes, to help the faithful departed. So children would go door to door during these three days, all hollowtide, and they would collect soul cakes, treats to them, in return for praying for the faithful departed of the homeowner. It was really neat. It was a really yeah. neat exchange. It was an exchange for praying for the dead to get these treats. And so this was a this is totally a Catholic tradition. And um, and so in 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 and then it, it developed even more. You know, in France they believed that once a year on Halloween the dead of the graveyard would would rise for a carnival. <laughs> and so 
people would dress up as corpses to participate mm. with with the, the the dead in this carnival. And this was where the origin of the costume party came from. And so another aspect of it that people don't understand is the practice of dressing up in disguise was so that evil spirits would not recognize you. Oh. Um, and so so we dress up in disguise. So if the demons are after you and me, Father, as priests, <laughs> we might dress up as a fireman. <laughs> oh, that would miss me. <laughs> so the demons... The demons wouldn't know that it's Father Casel or Father Chris. <laughs> so, so that was part of the the disguise. And, and, you know, I think it ties back also to, you know, a lot of non-Catholic, criticized Catholic churches in Europe, because yeah. we have gargoyles around the right. upper edges of the of the churches. And they'll look at that and they'll say, look at that Catholic church inviting in demons. Right. Even the church has demons on it. It shows it's a house of demons. No, the the understanding was demons were scared away by their own reflection. Yeah. So if you had a demon, uh, a gargoyle on the around the edges of the church, it would scare the demons away. So part of the belief is if you dressed as a demon, you would scare the demons away. Ah. And no, nobody knows this. Right. Nobody knows this is part of the tradition, and so you know we we have to be careful though because in no way. Do we want to dress as a demon to glorify a demon, or dress as a witch to glorify a witch? This is never, ever the case. Um, This is where we have to draw the line, okay? Um, But just dressing as something is not disallowed by the Catholic Church. I'll give you an example, Father. How many churches in our Catholic faith have a passion play? And in the Passion Play, doesn't somebody dress up as Judas? Doesn't yeah, somebody normally. play the part as Judas? Okay, sure. uh, I, I, when I was in high school, played in the Passion Play, and my best friend played the part of Judas. Now, that in no way meant he adopted the persona Judas, or that he agreed with what Judas did, or that he took a living role in his real life of Judas. He was a very good Catholic high schooler. So we don't condemn that. We don't condemn dressing up. Somebody's got to play that part. Why? Because it teaches an awareness. No, I'm not advocating dressing up as a ghost or a demon on Halloween. Not at all. I would say it's much better to dress up as a saint yes. or, you know, a good member of society, like I said, a, a, you know, a policeman or a, a fireman or something. But we have to not be uh, cutting off an opportunity, for instance, to evangelize. I heard Father Davies say a great example. He said, instead of shutting your lights off and hiding in your house out of fear of Halloween, take it back. Take it back from the secular world that's stolen it. Take it back from the pagans that have taken it. And so the person asked Father Davies, what do you mean, Father? How do we do that? He says, well, instead of shutting your lights off on the porch, turn the lights on and answer the door. And if a kid is dressed as a saint, give him all kinds of praise and, 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 and say praise be to God. If he's dressed as something good in society, like a police officer or fireman, say, that's a, you know, that's a great thing. Are you hoping to become that in, you know, in your life when you grow up? It's a chance of dialogue with these kids that you never would see. 
any other time of the year. This is the one time of the year kids are going to come to your door. And he went on to say, even if the kid shows up as the devil, he said, don't condemn that kid. Say, you know what? You look like a really good kid. I bet you you really aren't a devil. You really aren't interested in doing the works of the devil. So it's kind of a way to even evangelize. There's no other day of the year kids are going to come to your door. So he said, don't lock it, open it. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought that was a great example. Yeah, I I like the idea of redirecting uh, the attention so that we, we can take the position back where we're directed toward God, and in our interactions with others, we can help direct them to get a glimpse back up to God. Perhaps even when you answer the door, maybe you're dressed as a saint, or perhaps you yeah. might have a, a holy card, or some yeah. little some little prayer, or some little uh, uh, pamphlet or something you can have that's little, not not real sophisticated, but just something that's a very simple message uh, that you're a Christian, you're you're you love God, and that uh, yeah. this was this this day is really about God. It's really about it being is. a saint, and, and and at the heart of it, I would say it's really about the church because the church is the communion of saints, and it's a communion of people who are on the way to knowing and loving God in all eternity in the glory of heaven, and and uh, so. Um, do you have any? Uh, we're going to go to a break here just a bit, Father, and I hope you'll stay with us. We'll, we'll have a conclusion after we go to the technical director back in Fargo. Uh, but do you have uh, any instructions for what you would say um, for prayer going into this night, preparing for tomorrow? Because yeah. we have the Holy Day pray, of Obligation. Pray because, unfortunately, a lot of people do go to the extreme opposite direction, and that is yes. what Father Amor warned about and others with the fact that. This is not a night of Satan. Do not get into, you know, people will take this night for seances, for a Ouija board, or animal sacrifices. Please, that's not what the Church is about this night. That is what you want to condemn. That is what you want to avoid. And so please don't go down that road, because there is no room for that any night of the year, but especially a night we should be honoring God's God and His people, not just the the, um, the secular view of, of of Halloween, but the God's view of Halloween and what this means. Amen. Stay with us, Father Chris. I'm going to shift it back to Rachel in Fargo. Uh, what's coming up, Rachel? The best of Real Presence Live is coming on Tuesday from nine to eleven a.m. Central. We will hear Nathan and Ryan Carr talk about how they found healing in God's presence after the loss of a baby. And Maggie Price and Jacob Fisher talk about how the special needs ministry offers a place for everyone in the church. All this and much more is coming on the best of Real Presence Live, Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Thank you, uh, Rachel. And stay tuned, uh, all of our listeners. There's great programming here on Catholic Radio coming up the rest of today and all of this week, including tomorrow, as Rachel said. And back to you, Father Chris. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit more about the communion of saints and this idea of prayer and going into tonight and then tomorrow, the great feast of all saints. Yeah, we, we, we don't ever want to um, miss the, the meaning of the evening and um, the communion of saints, uh, the communion of saints is um, a very powerful connection between the church suffering and purgatory, the church triumphant in heaven and the church militant here on earth. And this is a day that the veil is lifted, that yes. we can pray for each other, that we can help each other. And so um, this is a beautiful, beautiful way that we can do this. Um, you know, don't, don't fall into the situation where 
you know, Halloween is only really celebrated this way in America. If, if somebody says, don't celebrate Halloween, or, you know, should you celebrate Halloween, you need to ask the question, what kind of celebration are you talking about? The way the church celebrates it, or the way secular America celebrates it? Because the way secular America celebrates it is not the way the church celebrates it. So to answer the question, do I celebrate Halloween, you need to ask that question first and do it the way the church celebrates. Exactly. And the, the way the church does is remembering our eternal destiny. We're on the way to heaven. All of our beloved who are there and on the, in heaven, whom we don't know about in particular, and we can ask them to pray for us and we can join them in praise before God. Well, Father Chris, we're down to the last uh, about 30 seconds of our show. And any last words, uh, just a few seconds of encouragement? Yeah, yeah. In fact, the, the biggest thing tonight is, remember, the next eight days starting tomorrow are the octave. It's an eight-day octave. Visit the cemetery. Pray for the dead. You can get indulgences during this time. Uh, God bless, uh, you know, the people who can make that effort to pray for our faithful departed. It's the greatest act of charity that we can do. Amen. And Father Chris, join me in the final blessing for all of our listeners. Uh, the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank Amen. you for staying with us, and stay tuned for Life, Bye. More to Life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Popjack.